Hi, everyone. I'm Eleanor. I'm so um, happy to be here. I woke up in the middle of the night and I was terrified to be here. And then I used this tool. And now I'm just, I'm just really excited to share this with you. So, you know, I think my sort of tool of choice lately has really been um, meditation, prayer meditation, just basically step 11. And, um, and then there are some little sub tools under the meditation that I'll talk about. But so I chose this passage. Um, it starts on page 267 in the Big Red Book, and I'm just going to go to partway down 268. So this is just um, a reading from step 11. Okay, so each adult child has been a spiritual seeker from childhood without knowing it. We are now realizing it as recovering adult children. When we look back at our lives and see the choices we made leading to this path, we are often astonished. What once appeared as disconnected decisions that may have turned out poorly were actually choices that steered us to our true north in ACA. Some of us took the long route, but the steering was there. The seeking was there. The intuition was there. We had a magnetic pull toward ACA that we are now realizing. We had an inner spiritual compass that cannot be denied any longer. Our primary founder, Tony A, said, the adult child personality is a personality which doubts God or cannot believe the unseen, but which seeks God who is unseen. We cannot stop ourselves from seeking contact with a higher power. It is part of being an adult child, and we must accept that great, this great fact. We are called to God and cannot resist. Acting distracted or indifferent no longer works. The true parent calls. Looking at our pathway leading to ACA, we realize the miracle of it. Many of us are adults who should not be here, but we are. Many of us should be dead institutionalized or lost at sea. Instead, we are here with our faces turned toward the creator of light. We are seekers and we have always been. We cannot deny it, so why not seek further with one of God's favorite tools, meditation. History tells us that all great spiritual seekers use meditation and prayer to gain the greatest quality time with a higher power or the divine presence. The Vedics and Buddhists of the East came this way and received great rewards. Through focused meditation, they were transported into a new dimension and received mystical and spiritual gifts, hard to describe, yet real. These bodhisattvas, I never know how to pronounce that, um, and yogis know that the common is that the cosmos is endless and blissful. They have experienced consciousness as a different dimension, yet they remain here helping others find it for themselves. The West also had to share, had its share of meditators and seekers. Their dramatic transformations of glimpses of the eternal are well documented. With meditation and prayer, they have received power to focus their talents and to make a better world. These opportunities are open to ACA members as well through Step 11. So, um, yeah, so I've been in ACA, I guess, just since right before the beginning of the pandemic. And I've been in Al-Anon for, I don't know, like 22 years. And anytime anyone spoke on Step 11 or whatever, 
I just, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't really, it wasn't that I couldn't relate to it, but it just, it just was daunting to me because in all my years of Al-Anon, like I always wanted to meditate. I wanted it so badly. And I think it was really like coming into ACA, I realized like my inner children just don't want to sit still. It's really, really hard for my inner children to sit still. And then my teenagers like, oh, well, this is stupid. We've got stuff to do, you know, and we've got, you know, problems to solve, a lot of thinking to do, a lot of judging to do, just all of it. So, um, but I finally kind of found a way that worked for me, which is I don't sit. I usually lie down. I have um, like a Vedic meditation um, app and so I listen to some wisdom and I get a I'm given a Sanskrit mantra and I meditate for 15 minutes and I think what's happened is like I I sink into this place and it feels like my children are listening to a lullaby I think it's turned into a lullaby like it's this very I even remember like my mother singing to me lullabies two minutes left Thanks. And it was just that it was so much peace as a child to listen to my mother sing to me at night, you know, through all the chaos, which was just, you know, just in a nutshell, my dad was an alcoholic and um, I think he started drinking really heavily, probably when I was, I don't know, it was just sort of from eight to 14, then he drank himself to death by the time he was 14. By the time I was 11, my mother was teaching me how to put a spoon in his mouth so he'd have convulsions. So it was an extremely chaotic childhood. And nighttime was really scary. So I loved when my mother sang to me, felt like a lullaby. So when I meditate and I listen to this Vedic teacher, it's very calming. And I, I do think it that's what it feels like. And I just sink into this place of peace and it's just it just opens up this space of endless possibility to me and all of a sudden um i just i'm not i'm not the inner children are calm i think the teenagers really appreciates to just be able to chill (laughs) and um and then that's that's the space where I just come back to the inner parent. Just that we just all kind of come together. It's very peaceful. I wake up or I don't wake up. I stop and I just, I feel so present moment. I'm not in the trauma. I'm not in the wreckage of the future. And, you know, I'll just, I'll just describe like last night, I woke up at two thirty in the morning, terrified. Like my inner kids were terrified. My teenager was livid you know and my head like I couldn't go to sleep because it was just going over and over and over this problem that was going on with my ex-husband who's he's alcoholic he's also borderline personality so if if you know anything about borderlines they're super aggressive super abusive and you know he's in that way, he was that way with me through the marriage and then after the marriage, and he's that way with our kids too. Like emotionally, extremely abusive though. He has, he just thinks he's the greatest father. Anyways, so there's a situation that's happening and 
What's scary to me is that, you know, in the DSM, borderline is listed as a severe mental illness that's not treatable. So my inner kids are terrified. It's like, and it's progressive, right? Just like alcoholism, it's just getting worse. And he's definitely just like, it's shocking. It's like, wow, I, I thought I thought we were at the worst. Now it's, it's getting worse. So it's really hard for my inner children because, you know, and it mirrors like my dad, like his slow decline. It was terrifying. It wasn't just sort of like, oh, he, one day he dropped dead. No, he was like crashing the car. I and mean, it was very, you know, traumatic. So of course I married, um, you know, my dad wasn't borderline. He wasn't abusive like that, verbally abusive and emotionally abusive like that, but like my ex-husband. You know, so I'm dealing with it. And so last night I woke up at 2.30, ruminating. You know, I was livid and I was terrified. And I was at my boyfriend's apartment and I, he woke up and he was like, you know, why don't you, why don't you listen to one of your, to, you know, to your meditations? That's a good idea. And my inner teenager was like, no, that's too embarrassing and you're gonna hate it because my inner teenager has decided he meditates too, but my inner teenager has decided he's the cool one. Like he does it in a very cool way. He doesn't listen to an app. He just listens to music. He's been doing it since he was a child. And you know, but what happened because I've been practicing and because of just coming to these meetings is the inner parent stepped in and was like, you know what? That sounds like a good idea. Let's do it. He's suggesting it, you know? And so we did it. I turned on this meditation and, oh, thank you, five minutes left. And the first thing this, you know, teacher, whatever said was pointed out that the word inspire, actually the root of it means in spirit, like full of spirit. And so all of a sudden I just like a, a light switch flipped. It's like, Oh, I'm not full of rage. I am, but there's another space like higher power can replace all that trauma with this spirit, you know, and inspire me to feel not trapped to feel like, Oh, I do have endless possibilities. You know, I am a child of God. And, and so it really worked, you know, and then I don't know what happened. We meditated and he put on his meditation music. And I think probably after two hours, I did fall back asleep. I didn't get a ton of sleep last night, but I woke up feeling inspired and I felt happy. And this whole ball of trauma in my head was right sized. It wasn't like I didn't make space for it because I did you know, I didn't shame the inner teenager, like, go, oh, would you, this cool thing, this person's cooler than you, and I didn't shame the inner kids for being scared, I just, you know, I listen, I think that's sort of, this is why I like this tool, it's very integrating, I feel like when I do meditate, it integrates all these parts of me, and, um, yeah, so that's how I use it. That's how I used it last night, and it totally worked. And um, there's a slogan that I love. 
um, well, there's just a part of the tool of meditation. Like I just love the tool of pause. I use it all the time. So that's what I did last, you know, in the middle of the night, I paused and I meditated. And in the daytime when I'm really enraged and like, I can't sit still and I can't do my work and I'm terrified. It's the same thing. It's like, okay, I can pause. And I, I love, I learned this in Al-Anon that besides the three C's, there's the three P's, which is pause, pray, proceed. And um, so in the daytime, I'll do that too. And I can pause and call fellow traveler, um, you know, which to me is sort of like prayer and conscious contact, or I can meditate, you know, and I don't, I don't do it perfectly. Like I don't sit in a posture. I usually just lie down and, you know, get really comfy. I don't really care about the whole, you know, sitting up straight or whatever, because it works for me. So, um, yeah, so I think, um, I don't know. I would just, for newcomers or whatever, I mean, listen, it took me like, I guess, 19 years to come to this, but I was in Al-Anon and I hadn't really figured out how to deal with feelings. I had a lot of things like for pausing, like zip the lips, which kept me out of trouble or whatever. But what I love about ACA is like the sort of the space here is created, you know, the pause is here so we can sit with our feelings that I mean that's why I'm here it's like I make poor choices when my feelings overtake me and they're usually based on trauma from the past I mean definitely there's some bad stuff going on right now but it's overlapped and um, you know it's really heightened by all the trauma that I've been through and I can't you know get to step two and clarity when I'm just steeped in anger or terror. I can't really do anything. I become totally frozen and paralyzed. And so, yeah, I think, you know, meditation and the 11 step, it's, it has like a melting quality for me. One minute. Okay. So let's see. I don't know. I guess, um, yeah, I would just say, you know, my experience was I just had to find a way that's comfy for me to meditate and not to worry about doing it perfectly or there's a certain way to do it or, um, yeah. And, you know, as far as prayer, um, I just, I just feel higher power when I meditate. I just, my whole body, I just feel, I don't even need to, Oh, I will say a tool that I, if I'm resistant to meditating, I make a gratitude list. And that is my instant mainline to higher power. And that calms me down. And then, okay. I think I'll meditate. Okay, that's my time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for letting me share.